So this episode, we lightly touch on sensitive issues such as poverty and abuse. Our guest speaker, Brittany, was in the foster care system, and part of her initiative is helping others find dignity while going through the system. At PGD, you're not just a listener, you're family. Is there a career you'd like us to explore or a success story you'd love to share and have us highlight on one of our episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at pgdfam at gmail.com. Subscribe to our show so you can get notified when new episodes drop. Help increase our reach with a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Hello and welcome to another episode where we have been combing the streets, but this time not the streets of TikTok. This time we got to meet this individual while in Atlanta helping out Tanya from our Mommy and Me episode at an expo. We got a chance to connect with this young woman. Thank you so much, Brittany Sherrell, for joining us. And welcome. Welcome to our virtual couch. And we usually like to try to start off every interview going back. We know today you're the entrepreneur, you're the author, and we'll get to that. But we want to talk about the younger you because you have an interesting story. Your, your backstory doesn't take us to what many might think of as a traditional household, traditional educational environment. You have, um, I don't want to say a unique uh, environment, but it was just not what people would think of as the norm. You had a lot going on personally. And how did that play out educationally? First of all, thank y'all for having me. I'm, I'm so pumped right now. Um, and that is an excellent question. Um, I immediately went back to fifth grade. Mm. This was maybe months before foster care. Mm. And y'all remember when um, the teacher used to ask, what do you want to do when you grow up? Where do you want to live? You know, all of those things. Mm. And we had to write it down. I remember. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so you got that picture. And I remember writing Atlanta, Georgia, had never been here, had never seen it. Fifth grade, what are we, 10? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, Atlanta, Georgia is where I want to live. I want to be an actress and comedian, and I want my movie on Lifetime. Okay. And I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, I had these big dreams, had no idea what was in front of me, mm -hmm. you know, as far as why I wanted a movie. I mean, I knew there was some things going on at home, you know, as far mm -hmm. as drugs or whatever, but I didn't know that what my life was about to look like, mm -hmm. you know, months later. Um, so it was, yeah, it was actress, comedian, meet Bill Cosby on Oprah's TV show. Like that, <laughs> that was the plan. That was it. Long as I meet Bill Cosby, wow, while on Oprah's show, I'm straight. I love that. I love the big yeah. dreams and the big dreaming. Yeah. And you went straight to the top. Like most yeah. kids, they, they kind of put their big toe in the water and they're like, uh, uh <laughs> I, I don't know yet. It's great that you were able to dream that mm -hmm. because some kids don't. They just want to make it to tomorrow or make it to the next day. Um, so it's, it's just crazy that you just have these. These, I, I want to call them visions for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Without giving the audience too much. Right. <laughs> like, this is where I want myself, and it's, it's pretty amazing. So you're in fifth grade. You have dreams of wanting to move to Atlanta, a place you've never been, but I can dig it. 
you know that you want to do something um, big that's going to involve Oprah and Bill and Lifetime and movies. Now let's kind of start to flash forward a little bit. So now we're in high school. Um, you kind of dropped a teaser because I was trying to be very careful with my words because I didn't want to give away too much. <laughs> but you dropped the teaser that in fifth grade, it was right before you moved into foster care. So now we're in high school. Let's kind of go to junior year. What? Man. Where are we now at that point? Okay, so high school, we in the system. I got even bigger dreams. Um, we had Hall of Fame at the school. Mm -hmm. Terry McMillan is from this little small town called Port Huron, Michigan. She was on that wall. Mm -hmm. I used to walk by the principal, or I would walk with the principal by that wall, mm -hmm. and I said, Miss Barrett, I'm going to be on this Hall of Fame. I'm going to be famous. And y'all, I'm... I'm, I'm this close. A friend you. of mine sent me a picture from 10th grade that said, don't lose this picture because I'm going to be famous. I don't remember writing that, but just the manifestations. Mm -hmm. So we continued the dreams, which I love that theme because you oftentimes have, um, sometimes, you know, as a kid, it happens. You have a dream or direction of one way, but then as you get older, sometimes that dream changes and it changes yeah. direction. You, you learn more and get more information and you kind of try to switch gears. But then sometimes you have kids. I feel like Eunice was one of these. So I'm going to throw her under the bus a little bit. You were just born knowing what you want to do and you continue moving yeah. forward in life and you still have that, that interest, that desire, that passion. It doesn't change. This is, this is the track that I'm interested in and I want to go in. So you're, mm -hmm. I would always say your team Eunice. I always try to figure out which team. Oh, it always throws me under the bus. It's not that I always try to figure it out. I just had to make ends meet. Out of coming from immigrant parents. Okay. We had to have our act together. Like, yes. We didn't have the luxury of floating. It was like, these bills got to get paid. I love it. So you're coming out of high school. And I am going to drop this for the audience. So you are the author of the book, A Suitcase and a Dream, My True Story from Foster to Prosper. And where did that then transpire? So now we're transitioning out of high school. You still have the dreams of getting into the entertainment industry and being more in media and entertainment. So, um, and at this point, you're also getting ready to transition out of foster care. Um, because in the book you talk about how you, you aged out and you were in foster care the whole time. So during that time period, did you say to yourself, I'm going to go right into the working world and then start, uh, trying to make connections or getting jobs or internships or things like that, that are going to take me in the entertainment industry? Or were you looking at a job or maybe, or, or I'm sorry, college or looking at, uh, classes, like where, where were you at that point? A mess. I was doing college and trying to reconnect and find my biological family. So it, and it interfered with my studies, hmm. you know, so trying to concentrate, you're fresh out of foster care. It's a new big adult world out here, or if we are even adults at 18, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so trying to navigate you know, in this new, whatever we want to call it, you know, um, I was so focused on reconnecting with, um, 
immediate family, like my biological mom, mm. my, my biological dad, siblings. And then I knew that I had um, family out there. So trying to find them. Mm -hmm. um, so there were two different things going on. Um, that school was just the last thing on my mind. Um, so I was, I was on campus, my physically, but mentally I had left, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so just thinking about like, just how God just kept me in that. Cause I should have been kicked out of the school. What led you to go ahead and decide to write a book, just put your story yeah. on, on paper? Oh man, y'all, you guys. Okay. So I was 13 in my group home and I remember being in therapy and I told the therapist, I said, I want to write a book. And, um, you know, how it was so easy, you know, back then for somebody to shoot you down and tell you what you couldn't do mm -hmm. or it wouldn't be a good idea. Been there. Right. Mm -hmm. But this therapist didn't say nothing, but handed me a pamphlet and it's, and it said when I was born, when I was one, when I was two. So it was like, it was like a, a guide for me. Mm -hmm. And I took it and I ran and, and I started this book. I'll never forget August 13, 13th, 2006. Mm -hmm. Y'all remember the composition notebooks, the black mm -hmm. and white ones? Y'all, yeah. it was in that, in pencil. And I hated writing in pencil. Mm -hmm. But you know, if I wrote, then I could erase something mm -hmm. as opposed to writing in pen is permanent. Then I got to scribble to rewrite something. Mm -hmm. So I, I was able to, and I still have it somewhere. The original <laughs> uh, yeah. copy of this book, um, it took 13 years. I published it at 27. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I kept that 13 year old voice. I didn't want to yeah. lose the authenticity, you know, of, of the voice in that book. Now at 27, I was able to go back and put God in places that I didn't think he was present when I thought I was going through hell. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and, and it was healing. Um, it was definitely healing, but man, to be able to say something, you know, at 13, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna write this book and just to see the manifestations years later, it's just, just mind blowing. Um, and I love that. And I, and I will say the thing that it's interesting hearing that and hearing the backstory and then thinking about what I've read in the book so far, because it does kind of take you through that maturation. Like the first thing that I thought and just reading, um, beginning the first chapter was almost like, Hmm, this kind of reads like a diary, almost like you're, I'm you as the reader and I'm going yeah. through these experiences, especially when you're describing your, your life at that point in the beginning of the book and your favorite things and things that you used to do and how descriptive you are with it. So, Oh, that's interesting. I'm excited. I'm excited. Miss Rachel, it's funny that you say that it, it felt like a diary or you felt like it was you. I don't know if you've come across some of the poetry and I hate to kind of say or give this away, but I was in group therapy specifically for um, sexual abuse. So when I used to hear these other stories and poetry, man, was just, it was like oxygen for me back mm -hmm. then, right? Mm -hmm. So I would hear these other stories and I would literally write the poem as if I was them, you know, and, and this was happening to them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they would read it. And it's like, it. and I, at one point I was gonna do a book 
of poetry specifically for those that have been sexually abused Mm -hmm. but to to write it from their point of view um i remember in high school that's all i did was write ninth grade and i got an incomplete in civics because all i did was write poetry and there was a guy that came in a speaker in the class his nine-year-old son had committed suicide Mm -hmm. so i wrote the poem he told the story i wrote the poem he read it, he came back to the school, met with me and the teacher, and, and cried and said he wanted to be buried with that poem when he died. Mm. Um, so to be able to literally be in somebody's shoes and to write, that's how I wrote back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <Tell yourself. laughs> you know, that's literally how okay. I wrote, you know, because I, I felt it, mm-hmm. you know, that, that pain, you know, and, and what it, you know, and what it was like you know, to experience something. Um, so I hope to get back to that one day. You will, you will. Many poems to write. So you... I mean, there's only 24 hours in the day. Yeah. And so yeah. <laughs> where you've been moving, you've been using every second, every minute, yes. every hour. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have to remember to make time for yourself, mm-hmm, right? right? Because when these things are coming left and right, you can be pulled in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. So that'll just be another story, and we will definitely have to have you back on the show again to hear about yes. this other endeavor that you're, you're getting ready to go into. Mm-hmm. And, and what is it? And you kind of mentioned social work, right? And that mm-hmm. you're kind of getting involved in that now. What is it that you feel just appeals to you? Well... I had two really great social workers throughout my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Naomi, the day we were um, removed, had her up until 15, so 2007. And then I got Miss Heather, who was just a pillar in my experience in the system. Mm-hmm. Still have her to this day. When I say the support that I received from her is it's just incredible you know to to have a social worker you know you get some that literally do their job and Mm -hmm. that's it I'm I'm doing this paperwork Uh I'm gonna take these kids to these visits I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do I'm not doing nothing else after that Mm. but Miss Heather I we went to Pistons games (laughs) you know with her daughter which her daughter is when I say a scholar at at the university in Michigan, Mm -hmm. you know, so to be able to her to be so involved as a social worker and then like, it didn't interfere with her personal life, you know, so me looking at her daughter, like this, this is incredible, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but to have somebody like her is like, okay, this is what I want to do. Cause we need, when I say not just good social work, social workers, but we need, I mean, amazing phenomenal social workers in this foster care system you know not somebody you know that say it's gonna be okay when you've probably never experienced the system mm-hmm. or you're just doing your job oh i can't find a home you're just doing a bare minimal mm-hmm. but to some have somebody like miss heather baby listen when i say even after my sister was no longer a part of the foster care system. Ms. Heather was still making trips to Flint. When I say 
the hood, watch her and her daughter watch somebody get shot making a delivery to my sister. Mm-hmm. You know, shouldn't even been up there, you know, to first apartments, first babies, you know, college trips. I mean, was there for all. And you think about it, that's usually what your parents are there for. Mm-hmm. But to have a social worker literally go above and beyond, and that's what I want to do when I become a social worker. I want to go past the moon and, and back, you know, for these kids because I know what it feel like. I've been there. You know, so them to see that, hey, you can overcome the system. This is what you can do. Or, you know, there's options out there for, mm-hmm. you know, kids that's coming through the system, you know. But social work, I'm, I'm, I'm determined to get that degree. Well, I would say your interesting story um, from like other other comparatives that we've got a chance to sit down with. Because, you know, a lot of times people in their early education years, they go through things and when they get to a point where they're now making that transition, college is an escape or going into a job or a vocation. It now allows me to kind of not walk away from that trauma, but start to go into a different period where now I get to be more in control of, of my life and the things that are happening to get things back on track. But for you, you were going through it and it's a good point just because you hit 18 as we, quote unquote, say adult, that doesn't mean like everything just stops and now you can transition into a new stage of life. No, you you still had a lot of that going on. And because you're in the foster care system for you, that was, I want to connect with my biological family that I, I lost connection with when I was younger. And for those of you, the book is really vivid. It really talks about that. It starts off with the memories of her grandmother and being with your cousin and being with your other siblings and what that dynamic was like and how important your grandmother was to being the center of everything, um, essentially holding everything together. And then it's kind of starting from that point, but then taking us through all of the events that now start to transpire and take place and what effect that is for you. So with that happening, Um, And then you being in in the foster care system, you now get into high school, you still have these dreams of wanting to get into entertainment and those things. How did that play a role for you as far as like even going into college? What what direction were you starting to go in with like your major or your classes? Like, you know, because a lot of times people when they are going through certain things that might take them into a certain profession or or a, a track because that's kind of motivating them. Like some people might go into social work because of being in the foster care system and, mm-hmm. and um, also looking for their family. So educationally, where were you at that point? Um, so I was at uh, Rochester College in Michigan and I was a communications major. Mm. So in high school, I had did a year of tech where I learned um, 3D animation, editing, and just how um, it was like something else that I learned and I got the certificate. So I'm like, well, hey, I'm gonna do this. You know, when I get to college, just keep that going. Mm -hmm. You know, I had plans of getting on, it was some type of media school in um, Southfield, Michigan. I can't remember the name, but that was just the plan. And then if I could just say this at 29, I'm in school and I'm a social work major now. (laughs) It all makes sense. It does. It does. <laughs> I truly believe your life experiences help to guide you into yeah. what ultimately your your purpose is. But it's never a dead end. 
It's always there yeah. for a purpose to help you along the way. You're just getting scared. Yeah, just a couple detours. Okay. You know, so now I, I can see myself as being an amazing social worker or something in that field to work directly with foster kids. In between shows, keep the conversation alive with the youth in your households with our series, The Adventures of Sophie and Olivia, available on Amazon and directly on our website, pgd-innovations.com. The link is in our show notes. Don't forget to check out our merchandise, and we have some limited time gear only that's available this season. Don't miss out. So in between the book and deciding that you want to get into social work, where did Suitcase and a Dream come into fruition? Because it's more than just a book. Now, now I'm going to get out of the teasers, guys. I'm going to get yeah miss rachel i'm loving these questions so i so remember i had a dream of living in atlanta right Mm -hmm. so i got to georgia in 2012 i had a suitcase right Mm -hmm. a red beat up suitcase in a dream of living in atlanta so this dream done done came true it's it's happening Mm -hmm. I didn't have a plan when I got here. I was homeless when I got here. Mm. Um, I, I didn't really have a survival kit in my suitcase, you know, as far as, you know, trying to survive on my own, mm-hmm. you know, but I had everything that I had in Michigan, I had with me in that suitcase, you know, so whether I was sleeping in an abandoned apartment building, you know, or couch surfing or hopping or whatever we call it, nice. you know, that suitcase was with me, you know, whether I'm mm. on an interview somewhere, you know, for a job, that suitcase was with me. Mm. That suitcase was the reason I was in Atlanta. And I think, you know, coming up, because we were trying to see what the book was going to be. It was either going to be disconnected. And I'm like, no, I need something else. Mm. And a suitcase and a dream just really just came. And I, I just feel like it was just a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I might not have a suitcase now, but I got a carry-on. And I don't carry so much weight, so much baggage. Um, but I, I wish I had that suitcase just as a reminder, mm-hmm. you know, of, of what it took for me to get to where I am now. Um, man. I mean, that metaphor just invokes just mm-hmm. a visualization. That is a beautiful title because when I hear it, it's just, it connects all the pieces. Yes, it does. It does. And from that, you've, birth a nonprofit in addition to the work that you want to do with kids and and that nonprofit is going to help kids that are in the foster care system just like you were so what what is that like what what made you say that I want to even go a step further because you already want to become a social worker so that you can emulate the the good ones that you had and be that support system for others you said I'm going to write the book because I want to help other people that could be reading it right now and either had mm-hmm. something similar happen to them or could be going through it. You could be a kid right now and foster kid and going through it. So what made you decide to also add that extra layer of, I want to create a nonprofit? Um, I knew that there was more that I could do with this book. The book has been out for two years mm. and, and I was talking like, you know, and I'm, and I had all these suitcases in the garage and it's like, man, like I can do something with this. And I was like, you know, a nonprofit would be great mm-hmm. um, to be able to get these suitcases and give. The focus at first was just for those aging out of care, mm-hmm. 
um, so that they could have something to take with them on the journey. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was the main focus, but I was like, well, maybe, you know, everybody that's in care. So instead of them getting a garbage bag, you know, that they can have these suitcases, you know, some, you know, some come in sets, you know, there's different suitcases out there. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it, it would be nice if you could have one, you know, for every, whatever you want to have it for. Mm -hmm. um, so you're not carrying so much weight in one bag. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, okay, let's, let's do something with this. So now I have it and, and just trying to, trying to work some things out, you know, with it. Um, I just knew that there was more, and, and I want to be a voice for these uh, kids and care with these suitcases. Because uh, it's a shame that you got to get a garbage bag, you know, to move your stuff in. Yeah. Or to go from home to home. Yeah. so much need to be done. Yeah, what you're offering is dignity, right? You're yeah. offering... And hope. You're offering humanity. You're offering hope. You're offering them the ability to feel normal. Mm -hmm. For something that, for some of them, is out of their control. And yeah. here you are with something that seems like it's a small act, but it really means a lot. Mm -hmm. It means a lot. And, and for those of you that aren't quite sure um, and don't really understand what we're talking about at this piece, for kids that are in the foster care system, you're talking about the full spectrum. So you're talking about kids that end up in a foster care system because their only caregiver ended up in a car accident and passed away and there is nobody else to step in or there's an emergency type situation or courts have now got involved and um, the home environment is not safe and they've been removed. It, there's a whole continuum of reasons yeah. why a kid can end up in a foster care system. And oftentimes when that happens, it's not like a vacation that people plan for and you have a suitcase and you can put your things away and choose what you want. It right. doesn't work that way. If you're lucky enough to get some of the things that are familiar to you, that are your belongings, they grab trash bags and mm -hmm. that's what they're throwing your stuff in. And when you're going from placement to placement, that's what you have. You have a trash yeah. bag that's given to you. You put your items in this trash bag and you shuffle from place to place. So suitcase and a dream and, and this nonprofit just being able to provide a suitcase is enormously big for a kid that never had something like that mm -hmm. and and sometimes you don't even have time to go grab anything um when we were taken i just remember us being removed and going to this foster home mm -hmm. you know so we didn't have time when i say when it's a straight emergency mm -hmm. you don't get you don't get to get nothing so everything you have is, is literally left behind mm -hmm. you know and 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 it's just and that and that could the that's already trauma enough mm -hmm. to be removed, but your belongings, you know, things that, that you cherish and, and have held on to is no longer, it no longer exists. And, and that's just, that can mess a person up. You know, mm -hmm. you think about pictures, you know, those memories, things that you can't get back, mm -hmm. you know, but we didn't have time to get nothing. You know, it, it was literally, we got to get these kids in the car and we've got to move to whatever the next spot is. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't even have that visual of, of putting anything, whether a teddy bear or whatever, you know, in a garbage bag. We, when I say we started fresh, literally, you know, they called the home. We got four girls and this is what they need. These are the sizes. And, and that's how you start your life, your new life. Mm, wow. So with the work that you're doing with the nonprofit and the help that you're trying to give, in addition to the, the book and everything, 
where do you see your nonprofit suitcase and a dream going now? Like we, we know professionally you want to become a social worker and you want to be able to provide those services, but how do you see the nonprofit um, growing and being able to provide more services to kids that are in the system? That's a good question. I see big things for a suitcase and a dream. Um, I see the main uh, hub here and then, of course, Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know where I'm from. Um, we got to have a suitcase and a dream. You know, in Michigan, that's where it started. That's where the dream started, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, but I, I see just partnerships with people I've only dreamed about. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just pouring in to this this company. Um I see uh, survival kits, you know, in the suitcases. I see a book in every suitcase. Uh, we are, I'm working on a workbook to go with this book mm-hmm. to teach you how to unpack. Um, I see, you know, classes, you know, just inside of a suitcase in a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I see it being big, you know, not just in the two locations that I'm thinking about, but, you know, in, in every state, because every state but there's foster care Mm -hmm. you know and and to be able to have it everywhere would be a dream come true to be able to provide you know a piece of 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 hope to a child in foster care um and there's some other stuff but i won't share it on here yet (laughs) i love that well you can't give it all away right give it all away and uh, you know just thank you so much for just sharing so much knowledge with Mm -hmm. us and just for the work that you're doing, thank you for just accepting the call and saying, I want to make a difference mm-hmm. because a lot of us are impacted by everyday situations. We find ourselves in in need or in help. Um, but your ability to say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and give back. And this is my way of giving back. And I'm going to better position myself by going back to school or getting a certification and or doing what you need to do so that you can even be in a position to give back. It just speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. And the work that you do is important. It's absolutely important. Mm-hmm. And someone as small as the youth, as a child, as a kid, that that's when we're, we're being formed. We're yeah. being formed on our decision-making, our behaviors, our patterns. So you stepping in and filling that gap, and as you shared earlier, we just don't have enough people to do yeah. that. Yeah. For you to say yes to that, that is just thank you for that. Yes. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So for those listening that want to know how they can help, they may want more information about the the system or have questions because they're in some way, shape, or form dealing with now the system or a child in the system, or they even want to get your book. How can people reach you? How can they find you? Um, my Instagram is Suitcase Dream Foster Care. You can reach me on there. Or on Facebook, a suitcase in a dream corporation. You can reach me on there or by email, suitcase dream foster care at gmail. I'm on TikTok, LinkedIn. You can find me on every platform. <laughs> You're everywhere. <laughs> we gotta reach everybody. <laughs> I love it. And and for the audience and those that may be new or old to podcasting, if you go to the details of the episode, you will also see the links for all of the different um, social media platforms that she just named. So if you could think of, and we're talking about working in the, the nonprofit space, starting your business, getting out there, promoting, making a connection so that you can get resources for the kids. If you could talk about maybe 
one pro and one con for someone that might be interested in doing the same thing that you're doing and they don't know um, what's all involved when you're creating your, your own business and you're really trying to get out there and connect and get resources. What would you say is one pro about what you do, but then one con that people want to be aware of can be something that's a bit of a challenge? <laughs> um, the challenge is trying to get funding and, and just getting out there. Um, the pro, starting a business. You know, the fact that you even had a thought to, to, to start a business. So mm -hmm. the first step is what doing it. And then once you get out there, it's yours. You got to go get it, you know, but definitely the challenge is funding and finding the right people to be a part of what you're doing. Cause everybody can't go. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I'm learning. Everybody can't go where you're going and you got some that just want to be there to see how far you will go. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely a challenge. Just trusting the right people. Gotcha. And if you had anyone that they're interested they want to get started, but they don't know necessarily where to start. What would be your your advice to them or any words of encouragement or any final thoughts that you may have? Um, I actually took the easy way out because <laughs> I tried to do start the nonprofit on my own and I just kept, you know, hitting a bump in the road. Mm -hmm. So I actually found someone that that's what he does is start nonprofits. Um, like that's literally his business and he, he's a beast out here. Um, his name is Derek Hill. If y'all want to reach out to him and start, mm. uh, unless you can do it on your own. Cause last year I wanted to start it and I couldn't, and I ended up starting it this year. Mm. So, um, it, it took some time and I'm like, let me just go get some help. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's the truth. I, I went and got help <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it. it there's somebody out there that has a skill in every area. It's literally, literally, and, and don't <laughs> be afraid to to act. So one of the things I'm still learning, a closed mouth don't get fed. So um, <laughs> I had the dream and the vision. Mm -hmm. The person just put it together. So, I mean, nothing was lost in doing it. So mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for your advice, for taking time to sit with us on the virtual couch with Eunice and yes, I. Yes, thank you. Yes, and we will... Definitely keep in touch with all the great things that you're doing. And then again, if you guys want to get in touch with her, if you have questions, if you are thinking yourself that you want to do something in your own community or you already are and you think it would be a good connection, check out the details in the podcast, look at the show notes, and we will have all the links to uh, Brittany's social media, email, so that you could definitely make the connection. Who would have thought that being an extra on a set is the way to go? Tune in next time for what the experience is like.